<sighs> yeah, so uh, yeah. I've had diarrhea all day. Oh, that's no bueno. It's the molasses of the back. Yeah. Of the backside. Uh, yeah. You know what would be nice is, is if to hear a story about molasses. Well, that's good news, Chris, because I have just the story for you. Oh, that's good, because we are the history boys. Yes, I'm sir. Chris. I'm Tyler. Uh, we got uh, Tyler. Tyler's here. And, um... And... Duke? Duke. Yeah, I guess I could be Duke now. Duke. Duke Sanchez. I am and, Jerry Nash. And uh, Zach, of course, is on audio. Uh, uh, via via uh, satellite in his remote bunker, uh, several stories underneath the crust of the the United States. That's nice. Yes. Yeah. Just you, hang it out. Safe yeah. from molasses. Certainly safe. safe from molasses. Well, I mean, once... If it did happen to get molasses down there, you're not getting it out, though. No. Oh, yeah. You're not going to pump that stuff uh, out. You just got to... You're going to have sweet. to abandon the bunker. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, find a new bunker. It's a sweet, sticky grave. Luckily, we built that separate molasses tunnel for him to escape out of in the case <laughs> that molasses pours down into the bunker. We got Quick. an engraved sign for him and everything that says, in case of molasses, <laughs> leave here. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't even know about uh, the molasses flood at the time. I barely know anything about it now. Yeah, well, there you well, go. Good. Because I didn't do the research. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Jerry... Tell us a story about molasses. I'm, gl I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you want to hear about now. it. Now. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, you know, not many people are familiar with the uh, Great Boston Molasses Flood of 1919. The, the fatally tragic events that happened 100 years ago. Every time oh, yeah. I learn, the more I learn about this, the more I'm like... They, like it, it's like they're like we're trying to tell you it's tragic it's not hilarious it does it's not something that was like made up for like an old timey cartoon <laughs> but then uh, in my research I heard that one of its nicknames is legitimately the Great Molassacre. <laughs> The Are great, you kidding the me? The Great Boston Massacre of 1919. Oh, they, did awesome. yes. they did not. They did not. It's in the Wikipedia. The That's it's a primary source. <laughs> they did not call it the Massacre. They called it the Massacre. Really? I would have if I was there. I think 20 20 <laughs> what is it? Uh, uh 117 people injured, 21 dead. That's a Massacre if you ask me. Uh, That's something I did not citations? find. Citations. Bada bing, bada boom. All right. Boom. All right. I'm All not right. going to check those citations. It was not in Dark Tide, which is a fantastic book. It yeah. was in the Boston Molasses Disaster Causes of the Molasses Tank Explosion. Spoiler alert. By Eric Hendrickson. <laughs> no. Ah. There you go. Not not our primary source Released for research in, in this episode, no. but I think worth shouting out. Anyway. Yeah, yeah this uh, a, a giant tank that stored a lot of molasses basically burst. Um, in Boston's North End neighborhood on January 15th, 1919, and destroyed, l completely destroyed the neighborhood. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I literally think at the time they said, there goes the neighborhood, and they yeah. meant it. Uh, and just a little and bit. Back, and back then, they, they everyone talked with like the old-timey yeah. voice. Oh, no, like, there goes oh, the neighborhood. There goes my molasses, boy. Uh, <laughs> do the Charleston at it. It's yeah. doing yeah. nothing. Yeah. Well, wow, that molasses is all over me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, raspberries. My sweet boy is drowning in molasses. <laughs> Again. Who's going to run the factory when I get too old? <laughs> um. Uh, just to give a little bit of perspective into how big the, the molasses tank was. We're going to talk about okay, that. Okay, are we not there yet? Okay, We're not there I'm sorry. yet. We're not there yet. I, first, I want to talk about Tell molasses. Tell you too much research. I did too much research. You did too much research <laughs> this time. And I want to flex all the time. Can't you be more yeah. like me? No research. <laughs> I feel like there's a happy middle. <laughs> there is, there is. 
a couple of things about molasses before we get to the actual tank here. Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh boy. Molasses is a non-Newtonian substance, meaning that force has to be applied to it in order for it to move. Like, it's not water. Like, it doesn't just run everywhere. It's like toothpaste or ketchup. Like, you have to, like, hit the bottle for the ketchup to come high out. High viscosity. Yeah, yeah. Famously high viscosity. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So considering this uh, physical property, molasses would be far more deadly than just a giant wave of water. And swimming in it is impossible. Not nope. with that attitude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if it was a non-Euclidean liquid? Uh, that would be, well, that would be even worse. That would I, be pretty cool. I don't know if that would be... I just like saying non-Euclidean. I was going to say... I, I was going to say, is, is, are you just flexing your I, I uh, vocabulary? Exactly. Does that mean it's <laughs> like a substance that can only have, like, vaginal orgasms? Exactly. Rather than... Jeez. Euclidean? <laughs> yeah, because there's no clit. Yeah. Nice. No Euclidean. Yeah, yeah. no Euclidean. Yeah. That's funny. So, That's pretty you really got to get in there and hit the walls in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so, not only is molasses used for, like, syrups and sweeteners and fuck knows what other atrocities, because it's fucking disgusting if you've ever tried it, although, Did you, know, you cover rum? Well, it's used... It, I, I was going to say, you know, it is used for booze yeah. and barbecue sauce. And munitions. Oh, hell yeah. Well, well at the time. It's main, well, it's main thing that people used it for was distilling it down into alcohol and the alcohol, instead of making rum out of it, they would make munitions out yeah, of it. Yeah, or fuel. And, and in this case, uh, that's what they were doing. They were, they were distilling it down and, and making <clears throat> using it for munitions. Well, and a couple other things is it is a, a diabetic sweetener. You can uh, add it to things if you are a diabetic, and it won't infect. Uh, it won't affect your insulin levels. Is that true? It's a hundred percent true. It's also that is amazing. High in potassium, and I think it's high in something else. Probably deliciousness. It's sweet. It is not delicious. I mean, it is disgusting. What about like molasses cookies? That's your opinion. Gross. And also, I mean, you add some tomatoes to Boost, it. Boost barbecue sauce. That's all I care about. I mean, barbecue ingredient. Just not barbecue a, uh, sauce alone. I know. That's what we're talking about, dude. I love and barbecue I sauce. I wish gingerbread. No, thank you. What if it was the great Boston barbecue oh, sauce? Oh, that'd be delicious. Mm, that'd be I mean, so good. Everybody be like dipping their ribs in it and stuff. Uh, yeah. They like, out their window. Uh, yeah. my, my son was crushed under a 35-mile-an-hour wave of barbecue sauce, but it's so delicious. But at <laughs> the funeral, he tasted delicious. <laughs> Jesus. We are not I, joking about uh, about the heroism. I'm joking about the fictional victims of the barbecue sauce flood. <laughs> also in 1919, it was a rough year for Northern Boston. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was, it was pretty um, bad. So during this time, Prohibition had not taken effect just yet. At the time the, the tank was built, uh, we were just entering World War One, and they kind of rushed building it because of the war. And there was like munitions. This, yeah, well, there was like a big tanker of molasses coming in. I'm like, oh, got to build it, yeah. got to get it done, you know, to get this tanker in here. And so they cut a lot of corners. Uh, Did they use this tank to for munitions? Yes, yes. Yeah. This is the main use for... The molasses in this tank was to distill down into alcohol for munitions. I do like that at this point in time, the United States wasn't involved in World War One. So oh, they no, no. To. We, we had declared war. Oh, okay. When, it, this was 1915 when uh, the tank was built. Okay. And they rushed it to to uh, build up munitions and whatnot for the, uh, for the war effort. Um, Crunch existed even back then. Fortunes were made on molasses. Like... <laughs> What a sweet way to make a buck, gentlemen. <laughs> I'm just gonna Molasses be rubbing. Baron? 
oh, crazy to oh, me. Oh, there is a molasses baron. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. He I'm, wears a linen I, I, I don't suit know if I'd call him a, a, a baron. A hat, like a but, fedora. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you understand when you run the molasses game, there's only one way to go, and that's the molasses <laughs> no, he's, baron. Yeah, he's running town, you know? Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, so the United States Industrial Alcohol Company, or USIA, uh, as it was known, was the alcohol distilling company that owned this uh, tank. The company that had the actual tank um, that was under the umbrella of the USIA was the Purity Distilling Company, and that's the one that was in Boston. And yeah, they looked after the tank and pumping pumping it full of molasses and then taking a pipeline straight from the tank to the, a factory that was nearby. So it was like a it was a good place to build it because the factory was right there, so you didn't really have to transport it. Yeah. Right. That's why they wanted it right there. None of those long molasses pipelines. Right. <laughs> the the thing was though is where they built it is it was in a very uh, congested, poor neighborhood at the time uh, in Boston, where a lot of uh, Italian immigrants lived, a lot of Jewish immigrants lived, and it was a very working class area. Everybody knew everybody. Neighbors cared about each other over there. So, this was this was a tight knit, poor community that this was in. Every every spring they'd have the spring festival underneath the molasses vat. <laughs> they'd like instead of a maypole, it's just a vat. Yeah, they have a string of ribbon around. Yeah, like tie ribbons around it. Yeah. The molasses vat's the mascot of the city. Yeah. <laughs> Look at it shining and proud. Yeah. <laughs> It's I, it's just full of old. It's like I mean, it's like concentrated sweet old timey yeah. molasses. Yeah, and <laughs> like, people would straight up just eat molasses back then. They gross. loved molasses. Like Monsters. kids, the molasses tank that they did build was a uh, fifty feet high, uh, ninety feet in diameter, it's and a big could boy. and could hold an oh. astonishing two point three million gallons of molasses. Oh, that's a couple gallons. That's, that's twenty four million pounds of, of molasses. Sweet, sweet black gold. Texas tea. Uh, <laughs> Texas tea? What? <laughs> Isn't that the original that's oil. tea party? That's uh, oil. <laughs> yeah. That's you know, sweet. potato potato. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so is the clear molasses the superior molasses? The clear molasses is what's called first molasses. It's it's the first one, the first byproduct of uh, the refining of the sh- of uh, sugar cane, and it has the most sugar in it. So it's the most sweet molasses. And it's usually like syrups and things like that. And yeah, the medium second molasses or dark molasses is like the stuff you would use for like gingerbread. It's the stuff you buy at the store, like the dark stuff. Mm-hmm. Then there's that like awful, disgusting blackstrap molasses. It's only it's for like the rum. Very bitter, and there's like no, almost no sugar in it. Yeah, and that's for tar on your roof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> May as well be. Yeah. I have no use for it. It's for punishing the, your the children. The tar fumes are making me dizzy. <laughs> yeah, they'll do that. <laughs> then there's like a Victorian like Simpsons treacle, reference. like things like that. Yeah, probably that, like, for making making sweets for your children. Well, like they'd like put on crackers or some shit, you know, oh, in well. the Victorian era. I just feel like they all exist for depending on. How naughty your your turn of the century child's being, you give them that version of molasses. <laughs> this, is very, this is a very old timey oh, story. It's, it's old timey. Every... So the uh, tank was built on 529 Commercial Street in Boston's North End. Yeah, oh, at the time, uh, was an industrial area with loading docks, factories, tenements, and a fire station. Oh, and good. It's a little fire station that was nearby. Um, 
one thing that was super crazy is there was a right before this disaster there was an influenza epidemic that killed a bunch of people especially in poor neighborhoods like this one and like orphaned a bunch of children and like the crazy thing about about this and yeah the economy wasn't doing well jobs were scarce uh, so were good wages but especially for immigrants on the flip side Boston, uh, what is it? The Red Sox had won their first World Series they had, ever. Yeah, yeah, with Babe Ruth. With Babe Ruth. Yeah, and we had just got out of World War One. So, well, in nineteen nineteen, yeah, yeah, we're feeling yeah, yeah. pretty good. That we got out of the war the November, literally the November before, because this happened January of nineteen nineteen. But, but right after after the war, there was an economic depression. Yeah. It didn't it didn't last very long. But there was an economic depression. Yeah. So you, you get a little bit of good, a little yeah. bit of bad, you yeah. know? You win a World Series and an economic depression. Yeah. And, and also, you know, orphaned children. And then that would later be murdered by a wave of molasses. Because yeah. they would they would go up to this molasses tank. and Because yeah. the molasses tank would leak like a sieve. Like, from the second it was built. And we'll yeah. kind of talk about that later. But they'd go over there and they would, like, pick buckets of it up. And, like, put sticks in it. And then, like, lick it off the stick. Uh, and so like take a poor it back home. I, I'm at, yeah. like a bunch of street urchins. Oh, just oh, yeah. lo- lost their parents to the flu. Yeah, living off like, of street molasses. <laughs> <laughs> living off of street molasses. Yes. <laughs> if it wasn't for like, knowing that that tank was going to burst and kill everyone, I'd be like, what a time to be alive. <laughs> just, like, yeah. just being shoeless, shoeless and illiterate, playing stickball and eating street molasses. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Ch- Sorry, you want me to do a I'm dance for that, I'm gonna pick that rich man's pocket right after I get this street molasses. Yeah. <laughs> Please, sir. Can I, I don't have some know more? what accent that is. Yeah, by the way. It's it was kind orphan. Of, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was orphan accent. I, I like certainly it. can't do a Boston accent. Uh, I can't do it. There's it was, a reason why um, Harry Potter and Batman sound like that. <laughs> That's what Batman sounds like. It's yeah. a very grown ass Batman. Like. I'm Batman. I'm gonna get you, Joker. Yeah. I'm gonna sweep your chimney. It's like I a cross know. between Cockney and Transatlantic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Before, during, and after the war, there was this increased violent activity of uh, Italian anarchists that cool. were way against the war, and uh, they were like committing like bombings around the city. Across the nation, actually, like in Boston, in Boston, a police Punk station. Fuck. Yeah, it truly is. Uh, a police station was bombed in Boston, Ugh. close to where this tank was. In New York City, hey guys, you're bombing uh, a little close to the yeah. molasses tank. Yeah. Well, and the molasses tank was a target because it was a place where they would basically make. Bullets and You're stuff. like, I'm going to fuck up that molasses yeah, tank. Yeah, it's, the, yeah. it's the source of their war machine and also the source of their deliciousness and also, well, not their booze. And what the poor children pray to at night. <laughs> Please, molasses God. <laughs> yeah. Bring my parents back. <laughs> Bring my parents. <laughs> the anarchists uh, ca- uh, scared a lot of people, so they put a night watchman there in front of the tank. Oh, uh, but this guy wasn't a tank. booze hound. Yeah, he had yeah. to have had an old dog and was always falling asleep at the job like the Maytag I, man. I, I picture him, like, twirling a baton. Oh, and yeah. He's oh, like, yeah. howdy, ma'am. Yeah. He's <laughs> a real nice guy, hardcore alcoholic, uh, and took his job way too seriously. Yeah. Oh, no, beats the shit out of the kids, never arrests them, but always takes them home and then says they're good kids, just misguided. <laughs> yeah. Takes them back to the orphanage. Also, there were no kids. Boys will be boys. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, stealing just, that molasses. By lady. the way, to be a newspaper writer 
at that exact moment in time, you're just like, oh man, how many Italian puns can I put in these headlines? <laughs> like, Mamma Mia, another bombing. Holy Jeez. ravioli. <laughs> They're trying to burn down the molasses vat. <laughs> 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 They'd probably um, be way more racist because it was 1919. Yeah. It was a different well, time. That, and uh, they were very racist against Italian uh, immigrants as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, we didn't even know about Muslims back then. <laughs> <laughs> How are racists supposed to be racist against those guys? They're like, we got to find other white people to be racist against. Yeah, and they were like, they were like, let's really split some hairs. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. As I said, uh, the 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 building standards of the time, we didn't have certain technologies at the time. Like we we didn't know we didn't know about welding at the time. So what they would do is they take like sheets of metal, and they'd rivet them together, and call it good. Because it was rushed, like, the type of steel was way too thin, and the rivets would leak, and it, like, it leaked the second they put molasses in this thing. How did they fix the, the, the problems with the leaking molasses, Jerry? How did they, how did they <laughs> calm the public's nerves when they saw molasses leaking from well, the tank? Well, a couple of ways. The first way was they caulked it. Got they it. Would, they would caulk all the cracks, but it, it didn't help. You know, it would still leak out. There was a lot of workers, including a man named uh, Isaac Gonzalez, who was sort of a general man. Like, he would he'd, he'd load it, he would unload it, he'd, you know, he just sort of worked generally there. Uh, he would, like, bring back, like, metal flakes and be like, hey, uh, when I work down here, like, this metal flakes off and, like, hits me in the head. And, like, big metal flakes. And he's like, it makes groaning sounds and stuff, and they're like, you know, like, it makes disturbing sounds when that's, I'm around it. That's just the old molasses tank groaning. Don't, yeah. put it, you don't give it any mind. So, <laughs> so what they did, like, they ignored him, and they're like, eh, he's crazy, because he got really paranoid. And he'd be like, oh, yeah, and he'd stay awake at night, and he would leave in the middle of the night, and he would go down to the molasses tank and sleep in front of it. Just in case there was any problem, maybe he could warn people that, like, there's a giant leak. And that part is what, like, disturbed them. The fact that he was sleeping in front, they're like, you're crazy. And so they were like, get out of here. And then they're like, let's paint it brown so no one notices anymore. <laughs> so they painted the thing brown. There it's you ridiculous. Go. <laughs> I don't see what's wrong with sleeping in the warming glow of the molasses Turn to this... <laughs> turn of the century problems required turn of the century solutions. I, I have a I have a theory and I'm just I'm gonna say what it is, I'm not gonna justify it, and I'm gonna let the story speak for itself. The molasses is malicious and sentient. Yes. Uh, I mean maybe So it's the blob. It's yeah. it's venom, dude. It's the blob. Yeah, I like to think of it as the blob. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a, it's a venom it's a vat of venom symbiote. Yeah, it just needs to find a host. Uh, and I didn't know that symbiote was so sweet. It is actually that's, and nutritious. That's a that's a canon Marvel fact. Yeah. that symbiote <laughs> tastes. Yeah, it's very sweet. It tastes like black tar molasses. Black strap. Black tar. Black strap. Black tar molasses. It tastes like black tar heroin. It's the only molasses I ever eat. This is disgusting. <laughs> it tastes like black bite. strap molasses and gets you high like black tar heroin. <laughs> now we're talking. Yeah. Yeah. No like wonder they time. loved it so much. <laughs> Coming from Purdue Pharmaceutical. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, it actually, uh, uh, molasses was uh, thought about as a uh, like a cure all because it did have a lot of nutrients in it. And they'd be like, one spoonful of molasses a day is what I need. It'll I, cure what ails you. That yeah. sounds true. 
Yeah, it, I believe it was, that. Yeah, yeah. There was like a lot of commercials where like stars would endorse it, like well into the forties and fifties. Oh yeah, <laughs> Sinatra. Yeah, they were all they were all just eating molasses all the time. Yeah, it's Sammy disgusting. Davis Jr. Yeah, love molasses. <laughs> it's good for hangovers. It's good when you need to, I don't know, wash down uh, your spousal abuse with something sweet. Yeah. Um, you know. You know. Well, the man in charge of building this monstrosity was a man named Arthur P. Gell. It's Gell. Yeah. Yeah, that was his name. J-E-L-L. Gell. Arthur it's P. Gell. Like a gel like molasses? Like a mol- uh, yeah. Like a non-Newtonian fluid? Maybe. Like gel? Yes. Like goo? <laughs> Like Goo. What was his name again? Arthur P. Gell. Arthur P. Goo. He was nowhere near the molasses tank because... uh, He knew that it was fucked. (laughs) I think in the back of his mind he knew that it was... It it, it was on his last legs. Oh, he's like Mads Mikkelsen from uh, Rogue One. He built it with a critical flaw on purpose so it could be destroyed by the rebels. Or just by its own... Construction. No, I, I think he knew nothing about building. He was an accountant. Oh. He knew nothing about building these tanks. I like to think that he built a trench that if you shot a, a torpedo in, it would blow up the molasses tank. But the molasses would go everywhere and kill What's everyone. That from? That's what he... Is that from Rogue the, One. Star... Star Tracks. Star Tracks. Star, tra- star, star Traps. Star uh, uh, Trapezius Muscles. Nice. It's got Mads Mikkelsen in there. So he's a doofus, and they were like, design this thing, and he was like, I'll do my best, but I'm not living yeah. in the same town as it. It's probably well, going to break. He was, a, he was a long ways away in yeah. his own little office, but he the whole time he was like, it's a sound structure. It's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's then, fine. I'm moving to Boise. Yeah. <laughs> Boise? <laughs> I was looking at you. What okay, am I going to do? Okay, okay. <laughs> right. Sorry. He sort of put the blinders on. I mean, Isaac Gonzalez was not the only person to mention Hey, uh, this doesn't seem safe. Yeah. But he was just like, no, no, it's fine. Everything's fine. Dude, you gotta listen to your boy Isaac. He's, he seems like a pretty, uh, cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. Back in 1915, when the tank was being built, Jell had been put in a sticky situation. <laughs> See what I did there? Now that's what I call a sticky situation. It was a bit of a sticky situation. By the USIA in getting the molasses tank operational on time to fulfill their war contracts. It was a bungle job. He he oversaw a bungle job they and didn't it. want to admit it. They botched they, it. The bungle it boys job. biffed it. Yeah. It was a bungle boy botched job. Bungle boy biff burger. <laughs> so it was a common knowledge to everyone that worked anywhere near this tank that when it was full, being filled, or being emptied, that it would make these horrible sounds. It would just go... Sentient molasses. That's uh, the old groan into the molasses fan. Yeah. The children haven't been praying to it and it's getting angry. It, needs, it requires a sacrifice. Yeah. Human sacrifice. Just one of those orphan kids. It's like, yeah, you like molasses? I heard this stuff will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I heard this stuff will kill you. It'll be the death of you. <laughs> uh, you have the right to remain dead. I don't yeah. know. There's a billion ways you can go with it. Yeah. You know? But now, yeah, it was 1919, the war was over, the anarchist behavior was at an all-time high, even, uh, uh, the tank was actually threatened, like, somebody called Isaac Gonzalez, and they were like, I'm gonna blow up the tank with dynamite, and he was like, oh no, and he called up Arthur Gell, and he was like, someone's gonna blow up the tank, and he's like, don't worry about it. 
the boy Batty. He's which like is uh, not a Boston accent. He's like uh, <laughs> I, he's from I, Jersey. I made it. I made it bombproof like and Chicago. bulletproof. And he's like, like you designed it that way. He's like, no, I, I just. It'll hold. It'll be fine. I, Everything good. will be fine. Everything will be fine. Numbers, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. Everything will be fine. He's sitting there with a gun in his mouth back home. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm not painting it another color. <laughs> I'm not painting it green here. Yeah. If only it had racing stripes on it. Uh, so it looks like it's tearing ass. <laughs> 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 So the morning of January 15th, 1919, was unusually warm for the winter. And this happens all the time in Boston, where they'll have, like, a really cold day. And then, like, they, they, like, call it, like, the winter defrost. And they'll have, like, a day that's, like, in the 40s. And it's, like, incredibly warm. It's kind of cold. Yeah, and so, like, the the day before January 15th, uh, they filled the tank to near, near capacity. And it was really cold. But then on January 15th, they filled it the rest of the way up. But it was with warmer molasses. Uh Uh-oh. So it combined, and there was a fermentation process sort of happening, and it kind of made the walls brittle. There's a bit of a uh, tornado in the molasses. Yeah, yeah, it's moving around. It's expanding. Yeah. So was Gonzalez pulling a Matt Johnstone and just wearing shorts the whole time? That day? <laughs> I certainly hope so. It, no, it was yeah, like, like Millhouse with his and high like, water. Yeah. <laughs> I hope John Stone hey, is wait, listening. They're to this. working. <laughs> yeah, his Millhouse is like uh, high floor. water pants. Yeah. Yeah, everything's coming up, Millhouse. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's bringing a lot of Simpsons quotes out of me. This is a very Simpsons story. It it truly is. This would could have happened in Springfield if it didn't actually happen in Lives for Lost. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and people didn't. Yeah, die and lose family members. Yeah, it would have been hilarious, and Hans Molman would have been like, "Oh no!" and floated yeah. by. The molasses. Yeah, yeah. I uh, was saying burns. Yeah. <laughs> that morning, everyone was sort of as eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock rolled around. People started going to lunch, and uh, two children who were going to uh, going to lunch. <clears throat> Slash gathering firewood, like scraps of wood they just found because, again, They're economic dirty, depression. Yeah, and dirty street children. Yeah, yeah. and they were just, picking up molasses from the, the tank like yeah. they normally street do. Molasses, street street molasses, street chunks. Yeah. But they were, they were, they were <laughs> <laughs> street chunks. <laughs> they were uh, technically trespassing. Yeah. Uh, one guy at, at the, uh, near the tank was like, Telling the kids like you shouldn't be. Was doing this the this. same guy with the billy club? He was like, no, no, different guy. You yeah. stay away the guy from that. Actually worked there. Stay away from that tank. You see. Yeah. Stay away from that old tank. <laughs> yeah. You don't know <laughs> what might happen there. Yeah. You have brittle bones. Yeah. Uh, two children in particular. Uh, pass. I'm going to butcher these names as I. That's norma- cool. As I normally do. As you're wanting to do. Yeah. <laughs> as I want. <laughs> uh, Pasqual uh, Iontosca. And Maria Distasio, both of them were ten years old. They were in the vicinity of the tank. Yeah, they were sneaking around trying to get some of that molasses. And about at twelve thirty, people said that they could hear a deep rumbling sound, as if an elevated train, which was nearby, was going over. But that's not what it was. And then all of a sudden, there was this big boom, oh, no. and then a pop, 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 pop sound. And what that was, was it was the rivets firing off of the tank. Literal cool. bullets. Bullets. 
bullets these things were firing in all directions and the tank burst in all directions all the way oh no and i guess it sounded like a machine gun and then just a big bomb it sounded like a bomb it was like boom and at 35 miles an hour the molasses this non-newtonian fluid burst out and obliterated everything in its path. It was, some said, you know, some people exaggerate how high the wall of molasses was, uh, but it was estimated around a 25-foot wall of molasses Just washed a over. delicious them. wave coming at you at 35 <laughs> yeah. miles an hour. People that were hit by it said it, it felt like they were, like, being knocked over by, like, a linebacker. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it was... Again, worse than water. The molasses was angry that day, my friends. Yes, and it, like, knocked people back, you know. It wanted blood, and it was gonna have it. I was gonna say, uh, the the bigger chunks of the vat that were flung in the explosion, one of them destroyed the rail that held up the elevated train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the train was, like, near, it was a near miss. Well, because there was a guy, like, it had just happened, there was a train coming, and there was a guy that worked for the elevator train, and he stood up on top of it, and he waved his arms frantically, and he was like, Stop! Stop! The thing is being destroyed by molasses! Yeah. And they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and, Just, and they stopped right before, like, it went down. Do you have a shorter warning? Molasses! <laughs> yes, we love molasses. <laughs> we what's, all love it. This yeah, is old-timey stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Don't worry, there's plenty of molasses on the train. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> molasses for everyone. Yeah. So a uh, Boston police uh, patrolman, Frank McManus, was walking his normal beat, saw it happening, ran over to a police call box, because back in those days there was a little box that said police on it. I like Doctor Who. And he opened it up and he was like, no, it's more like a box, like, on a stick. Mm. And, like, you opened it up and you, you had a direct line with the police department. And he probably spoke the most... The, the the strangest words he would probably ever say to an operator who probably heard the strangest thing she could possibly ever hear. And that was, and I quote, Send all available rescue vehicles and personnel immediately. There's a wave of molasses coming down Commercial Street. <laughs> <laughs> a wave of molasses? Yeah. Imagine he's Irish. Yeah, it's a wave of molasses, I mean, you see? Come on. Yeah. He's an old Irish guy. Yeah. Well, and isn't, like, partway through his warning, it became garbled and got cut off? Like, oh, yeah. Because he... That's a wave of molasses! Yeah. Yeah. It's delicious. <laughs> it flattened buildings. It straight up moved... Oh, straight smushed them. Yeah, it moved the firehouse off of its foundation. Holy shit. It sw- yeah, dude, it swept boxcars and people off the tracks into the uh, harbor that was right next to it, like, into the water. Oh, not the harbor. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, the harbor was lousy with molasses that day. Oh, and people. Yeah. You know? Uh, I think adjusted for inflation, the molasses flood caused $100 million of damage... Oh, it costs more than that. Uh, well, I, as we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you know, you got your primary sources. I got mine. I, I heard I heard adjusted for inflation, it was $100 million. Uh, $100 million in damage to property. Yes. But that number will go up, as we'll see later. Yeah. So um, I'm curious, how much yeah. of that molasses landed into the harbor? I There's no solid number because it... it it went out in all in a 360 degree direction. Mm. Did so, it float I mean, out to sea? I 
don't know. Some Chris. of those, some of those fish got some sweet ass molasses. I'm sure they did. Well, I was just thinking of this tiger like, sharks. That sweetener for uh, the the tea that is obviously in the Boston Harbor. Oh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm ah. sure, I'm sure that it would have made a fine tea. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you, molasses finally mixed with the uh, the tea from uh, the, the, Boston the Boston Tea, tea Party. Yeah. You got a some, century uh, earlier. Yeah. yeah. You got a real sweet. Herbal, herbal, herbalacious harbor. Yeah, it's delicious. You could just drink it. Um, it's good. Yeah, it's like, not bad. Yeah. <laughs> now, pardon me while it's I vomit. It's a bit sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it absolutely ruined a part of the track for the elevated trains. It took minutes and seconds for the molasses to make the area look like a bombed-out war zone. Like any of the World War One veterans that were working around there. Like, that was the best way they could describe it. Like, it looked like just complete war zone. They should have used molasses in the war instead of making any <laughs> munitions. Just toss Drop that. molasses on people. Toss molasses at the Germans. <laughs> and the people of Boston are busy at home making molasses bombs for the war effort. Um, or can we talk about the, the, the boy who surfed on molasses? Oh, we're going to talk about that here in a second. Oh, okay. uh, a teen wolf. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what happened. from L.A. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But 2.3 million gallons of molasses covered the North End. It was waist-deep in places. It was knee-deep in other places. There were firemen inside the firehouse. One of them was a, a man named George Leahy. He was trapped underneath a pool table in oh, the firehouse. Died. Well, and what happened was, is, like, if you could imagine, like, a pool table sitting on top of your chest... And you're doing everything you can to sort of keep your head, like your neck and your head, out of the molasses so you don't drown. And so for hours he sat there trying to keep his head out of it, but it was so exhausting that it, he eventually had to give up and he drowned in the molasses. And his last words, I guess, were, this is not a direct quote, but it was something along the lines of, oh God, I'm going it's over. Yeah. It was it's something it's like, weird, that. like I'm finished. Yeah. It was and, like something along those lines. I'm yeah. done for. Yeah. And I'm like, a goner. Other people that survived that were in the firehouse that could hear him say this, they were like trying to like, it's okay, George, we're, we're all doing, you know, they were all trapped as well. Yeah. And uh, then they just didn't hear him anymore. Molasses uh, yeah. got him. His and mouth yes, was full of molasses. Uh, another child uh, somehow luckily grabbed a light pole. Yeah. And was holding on to it for dear life, and his mother in a nearby building was watching, and uh, he was trying to scream out for her, and she couldn't hear what he's saying because his mouth and nose and everything was just being stuffed with molasses, <laughs> and she didn't know who it was. She was like, there's a child out there surfing on the molasses, and it's like, that's your kid, lady. <laughs> and, and in that moment, she felt so much pride. <laughs> for her son's ability to surf upon the molasses, he, and uh, he he was he was pretty messed up too, but he survived. He he starred in several Golden Age films uh, under the under the serial franchise, uh, the Molasses Boy, um, and they were in cinemas. <laughs> they inspired the nation, and uh, they got us they got us out of a pretty tight spot. You know, a sticky situation. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh man, it was right there. <laughs> Actually, all of that I made up. That boy, Those, uh, that boy did not star in any movies. Those no, molasses yeah. boy films really lifted the nation's spirits after the Great Molasses Flood. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't just people. Like it, it included like livestock, hogs, 
and horses that so were so many there. horses, so many horses. Uh, I think in the the t- like the eyewitness testimonies, they talked about the horses looking like flies trapped in flypaper. Yeah, and uh, during the cleanup, people said that they could hear like a like distant pop, 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 and what it was is. It was those people walking around and shooting suffering horses in the head oh, to God. spare them. Yeah, pretty nasty, because there's no way they could get them out of there. Yeah, because they ate too much molasses. Uh, yeah, oh. force-fed in a way. Yeah. <laughs> a horse can't, uh, you know, work for the Pony Express once it's uh, reached a certain molasses quotient. <laughs> or quota. Quota. Yeah. Quota's the word. My bad. Martin Cloherty, or Cloherty, I, I'm unsure how to pronounce that name. He was actually a uh, well-known middleweight boxer. He worked like a night shift of uh, being a referee now of of, uh, boxing bouts. He was asleep at this time, and he was awoken by the blast of molasses in his house, and it was fairly close. Blastus. Blastus? Good try. (laughs) Blastus. He said that the molasses knocked him out of bed, and that he was fully submerged before he, like, realized, oh my god, I'm not in the water, I'm in fucking molasses. That has got to be a hell of a way to wake up. And he, like, climbed back up on his bed, and he's, like, like floating in this <laughs> molasses, and he's like, ugh, ugh. And, like, he sees his sister struggling, he rescues his sister. His mother, who was outside hanging the laundry, she, he didn't know it at the time, but she was gone with probably yeah. instantly. His, he also had a, a, a brother, Stephen, who was mentally handicapped, and he <clears> saved <throat> him as well. His Yeah, his brother Stephen was thrown from an upstairs window um, out into the molasses below. Stephen would have... The sugary grave below. <laughs> Stephen would have permanent PTSD from it, uh, although they didn't know what PTSD really was back then. Molasses um, shock. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Paired with the uh, the vague understanding of his mental condition and the PTSD and how they would react together, the psychological help of the time had no idea really what to do with him, and he would have these violent outbursts where he would accuse nurses and, and uh, hospital staff of trying to throw him out the window into a giant pile of molasses. In his defense, they were. <laughs> But his, yeah, Martin had to eventually put his brother in a sanatorium because of this, he and had, where he later died. Ma- oh, molasses madness. <laughs> yeah, That's he, he, so fucking mean. <laughs> he had that molasses madness. That's like so tragic that he died this way. Um, it is very tragic. And, and really quick, back to the kid. Uh, there's an there's a article from... Uh, it was written for uh, the Smithsonian in 1983. Uh, they were they were covering the uh, the the tragedy. The, the excerpt is uh, Anthony Distasio walking homeward with his sisters from the Michelangelo school was picked up by the wave and carried I'm just, tumbling I'm, on its crest, yeah. almost as though he were surfing. Then he yeah. grounded, and the molasses rolled him at uh, like a pebble as the wave diminished. He heard his mother call his name and couldn't answer. His throat was so clogged with the smothering goo, he passed out and then opened his eyes to find three of his four sisters staring at him. Yeah. I just, like, clogged with, with goo. Yeah. yeah. Well, that would have been uh, Bart Simpson in the Simpsons episode. <laughs> yeah. He would have been like, don't have a cow, man. I'm just surfing on this goo. Cowabunga. You said three of his four sisters. His fourth sister, Maria D'Astasio, was standing right next to the tank. She was killed instantly. And so was uh, Pasquale. Uh, their bodies were so disfigured 
that even their own parents couldn't identify them. They were identified by the clothes that they had on that day, which I can't fucking imagine. That's so <laughs> tragic. They couldn't even use dental records because all the cavities from the molasses. <laughs> yeah. I don't think and they couldn't do fingerprints because of, of the molasses. Italian that, immigrants at the time. What I said was insensitive. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> but I knew it and I went for it. Talk about a sticky and situation. <laughs> nice. We'll see how people feel about it before I decide whether I feel bad about it. Fair yeah. enough. That's how this world works, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm sorry now that yeah. you guys were offended. <laughs> uh, I said some things about the molasses flood that were insensitive, and I'm truly sorry from the bottom of my heart. Yeah. You know, we might as well just record these right now. <laughs> um, yeah. And with the, the night coming on and the rescue efforts and uh, in full swing, uh, it got cooler. And with that, the uh, molasses became more solid, and yeah. it became much more difficult to get people out of it. There was one man, he was a stonecutter, John Barry. He was pinned against a wall in unimaginable pain for hours and hours before rescuers could uh, literally cut him out oh, of wow. where he was. And like one guy had to go in on his hands and knees and crawl in. And he, in one hand, he had a syringe with morphine in it. In another hand, he had a bottle of whiskey. And he kept, like, poking Fucking him with the better. morphine. And, like, here, drink this. And so he would, like, go in and out of consciousness. And, like, he'd wake up and they're, like, you know, in various degrees of getting him the hell out of there. Santa? That sounds like an awesome party right <laughs> yeah, there. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, I am yeah. the Viper Room. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, John Barry, he left for work that day with brown hair. And had white hair as he was Holy rescued. Holy shit. Like, the molasses he, spooks. It, it, it was that level of pain and stress and cheer awfulness. Does molasses freeze? It doesn't totally freeze. No, it's kind of It just gets, gets really thick. hard. It gets thicker, thick. probably. Yeah, and knowing that this is January and it may have been a warm day, at night it had to have been way worse. Yep. My dad used to say the phrase, you're slower than molasses running uphill in January. Well, I swear my whole point. life he said that's that. That's a good point. <laughs> Do you think it's from this? Yeah, like, maybe. Uh, wherever he got it from. I'm not saying he made that up. I, well, molasses was like a big deal back in the old timey days. Yeah. Like, candy was molasses. Like, you want candy? Here's some molasses, Here's some molasses. Here's some disgusting molasses. Oh, boy, thank you. And yeah. black licorice. Yeah. You boys like your molasses and your black licorice? They're like, yeah, I like yeah. black licorice. I think red licorice came black out black and people licorice. were like, oh, my God, we've been doing it wrong for so long. Yeah, dude. This is clearly better. <laughs> it's objectively better. And then you get the hollowed out Twizzlers and you use them as a straw in your soda pop oh, when you go to see a bueno. picture. Bueno. Oh, you drink that beer with the Skittles floating in it? Oh, Skittle Brow. Can we count the Simpsons references that I <laughs> yeah, make in this episode? I, right. I think we're up to 45 at this point. Yeah. yeah. The number of dead, all told, was 21, and over 150 injured. It was horrible. Absolutely horrible. They, they didn't find people, you know, for weeks afterward. They, they took some people out of the harbor that had been swept, swept out into the water. A lot um, of that 21 was probably in the harbor, right? Uh, not necessarily. A lot of people in their homes... That were just obliterated. 
you know, that were trapped underneath things or... I guess if you're inside and molasses flows in, you're, what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, there, some people survive that, but... That's why Zach's bunker has that molasses escape route that we made. <laughs> yes, exactly. <sighs> and For all this... the people who didn't make it were encased in a thick candy shell like so many M&Ms in the wind. Yeah. Oh, delicious. <laughs> the, the sweetest uh, carbon Talk about sweet release. Am I right, guys? <laughs> That's good. Arthur Gell who was, you know, a ways away. He actually rushed to the disaster area. And I hope tried he f- fell on his fucking sword. Well, he tried to get through. Uh, he tried explaining, like, I am the man who made this thing. But, like, everyone was like, get out get out of here. And he was like, okay. And then, like, he got called by uh, the USIA. And he was like, what do I do? And they're like, don't tell anyone anything. Yeah. And they instantly lawyered up. Yeah. And so he stopped saying anything. Until there was a ves- uh, an investigation. Well, the truth um, is, like, he was paid by a company to make this. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, hustle up, bro. Yeah. Yeah, make it shoddy, bro. <laughs> and he was like, all right, if you want shoddy, hire an accountant to do an engineer's job. Nice. And, uh, yeah. He's like, if you want a shitty made tank, gel's your man. <laughs> <sighs> so the USIA instantly said that it had to have been a bomb. Like, it blew up, it had been filled to capacity a couple of times under different circumstances, is what they were missing, but, uh, you know, there were bomb threats, there had been all these uh, anarchists that were threatening to blow it up, so they were like, it's, it's a bomb, it's not our fault. They had all the ammunition that they needed in order to, oh, yeah. to build that argument. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, these are the bad guys, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, the anarchists especially, everything was ripe to blame everything on them. But you know what? No one was buying it. Uh, That's good. Because everyone had heard the noises, the groans, and the sounds that came from this tank. And the fact that it leaked more than any other storage tank, and it was bigger than a lot of them. It was clear that it was a problem. Everyone knew that molasses was sentient. Yeah, and it was was groaning to be released from its prison. So. It was like I was meant to become munitions, and if I can't kill abroad, I'll kill at home. <laughs> I like how it became a song. Like, this is a musical. Yeah. yeah. The Great Molasses Flood. Oh, the musical. as a musical, oh. I would watch that musical. <laughs> yeah. I truly would. That would be a great musical. <laughs> a rock I like opera. It's fucking Tim Curry as the, uh, <laughs> as as the, the molasses. molasses. <laughs> and Tim Curry as the molasses. <laughs> I mean, he's way too old now, but. He's too old to it play the molasses. Per- it would have been perfect, <laughs> and you on. know it. You put him in a motion capture suit. He does the whole thing. I think he can't even walk anymore. Well, like, he's fucked. There's something wrong with him. Yeah. Well, then get Andy Serkis. I'm just saying, in yeah, the Andy 90s, Serkis. he would have been perfect. Yeah. Andy Serkis in a, in a mocap suit so he could, you know, really get the physicality of the molasses down. Spraying but, in all directions. Yeah, right? he's like, you know, doing a whole move. He's like crawling you on the floor. You guys can't see it at home, but I'm doing like a... Yeah. He's like crawling on the floor, and he's like... Yeah. He's like, I really get into the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but can he sing? He might be able Probably. to. Probably. I, I wouldn't doubt it. I think Steve Martin should be the uh, fireman. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like in Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's just cast this as if, it, as if it was the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Let's finish the story first. Yeah. <laughs> 119 separate claims were filed against USIA, which was a record at no point. In history, was there something bigger than this, or as a uh, a case? One judge, though, uh, in the initial uh, investigation, actually 
astonishingly blamed the people that lived around it for the disaster, saying that if it wasn't a bomb, then they should have insisted that the tank be built properly. But, dude, if Arthur Gell d didn't know how to build the tank properly, then what the hell do yeah. all these immigrants know about building a goddamn tank? Well, and you assume, you assume when you see something like that. As that usual, it's the immigrants' fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, I, I was, I mean, like, I feel like, you know, like, you see, you see any industrial object, you assume that somebody was paid well and knew what they were doing. I mean, in this day and age especially. Well, yeah. Well, and this kind of changed that, too. Now we have all those molasses regulations that are holding us back. <laughs> in any case... Uh, Trump will fix that. <laughs> yeah, right. Deregulate the molasses market. Well, and of course, no one would listen to a guy with the last name Gonzalez, even modern uh, right, day. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't imagine 100 years ago. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, the Mexican Revolution was going on at this time. There you yeah. go. So, there you go. We did four episodes about it. Yeah. You heard them. I you hope better you better have. Yeah. Go back and listen to those. Those are better than this one. <laughs> well, time will tell. This okay. one's pretty sweet, though. I don't yeah. know. Hey. Oh, I see nice. what you did there. Talk about a sticky situation, guys. God damn it. God. <laughs> we need a counter on We've that. already Ding. worn out our own joke. In any case, the defense paid experts, I'm doing air quotes, experts, to say what they needed them to say at trial. It was a bomb. Had to have been a bomb. People saw smoke. But it's like, dude, you're in a harbor where there's all these factories. Where did you see smoke? You saw smoke everywhere. Yeah. It made a boom sound. I yeah, imagine it, it was a bit of a like smoky that. situation. Yeah. Well, and yeah. also, you're in an industrial area. There's, like, smoke and booming noises kind of constantly. But this is, I mean, it was a big one, sure. It was a big yeah. boom. I get it. Big bada boom in the cab. But they had no evidence for a bomb. Not one. Like, there, there was an explosive expert that was like, well, what accompanies a uh, blast of this magnitude would be blown out windows from the sound. But this did not actually exist um, in the way it does with a big explosion. Like, windows were knocked out, yeah, by molasses, but not <laughs> by a flood. Or, or, not, or not by a, a, a blast of uh, dynamite, you know? And, and they also were like, are you telling me that a guy walked up to this giant tank in the middle of the day, because bombings never happen in the middle of the goddamn day. Yeah, they happen at nighttime. Somehow put dynamite enough to blow this thing up into the tank, walked away, and somehow was safe from the blast. Is that what you're telling me? Are you telling me this yeah. happened? Come well, on. Also, well, like, I want to say how that the wick stay lit. Yeah. Well, if it's well, inside well, because uh, uh, they actually did tests on this. Uh, they went to, like, universities, uh, USIA, uh, paid for tests to happen, and, uh, the explosive expert actually did say, like, if you tossed a stick of lit dynamite into a vat of molasses, would it stay lit? And he was like, yeah, absolutely it would. So, yeah, can that you, is you could, you could throw, it, throw it, You could throw dynamite in the water. You can, yeah. you can. The, the, the wick is, uh... Or the fuse. Uh, the fuse is, yeah, is so, uh, uh, conductive that, yeah, it... It will stay lit. I mean, I would. This is why I live in a bunker because that yes. shit's super scary. Yeah, you would yeah. think that there would be a <laughs> yeah. really long we fuse, know. like a primer cord that would go all the way out, and then the the vandal, the the assassin. And I no guess, one saw him do it, huh? Yeah, and he'd have the plunger, and he jumps, and his legs go in the air, and then he pushes yeah. down. Yeah, I mean, it was Wiley Coyote, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Wiley Coyote uh, would have been caught in the blast. Yosemite Sam. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, who would have thought that molasses could be a vandal, a burglar, a murderer, and I'm going to posit a rapist. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting in the holes, it does feel whether like... you want it to or not. That's a good point. <laughs> Another hero of the story, uh, the counsel for the play- plaintiffs, Damon Hall, he was the one who, like, grilled everybody. He was like, come on. The the bomb expert, he uh, on the stand during cross-examination, he was like, uh, so w- when you did your initial investigation on this, you said it couldn't have been a bomb because of the lack of all of this bomb evidence that, that must exist if a bomb went off. He's like, yeah. He's like, so are you telling me that sitting right here on this stand is the first time in your life that you've ever said that it was a bomb? And he's like, yeah. Got him. Like, he picked him apart. Like, yeah. he picked all these cool. people apart. He picked um, his bones clean as if he was a slow roasted barbecued uh, piece of pork that might have been uh, like basted a- with with a molasses based barbecue sauce. Ah, <laughs> uh, pig on a spit. Mm, yum yum. So I, I, this is a great quote. I I had to include this uh, because um, this was in response to a remark that the uh, defense for USIA said that the well when they were building the thing uh, if it wasn't like up to snuff, no one would have said anything because it was like an unwritten thing. You just don't say anything. And Damon Hall has this great scathing quote. He says he scoffed at it, and he goes, uh, "If a streetcar operator says I ordered axles that were sufficient to carry my car and and not break, but there is a rule among car builders that uh, they can furnish something less than that, less than I ordered, and I accepted the axles under this rule." True, they are not what I ordered, and true, they are too light. But that it is a rule that car builders follow. And then he looked to the judge and he said, How long would the Supreme Court take to consider a defense of that kind? That some unwritten rule that, oh yeah, it's not what you ordered, it's not actually up to snuff, but... Yeah, it's We fine. have an unspoken rule about shoddy workmanship. Yeah. It's bullshit. Abs- that's, that's, it's such a weak argument. I blame the unions. That one. <laughs> yeah, especially at that time. Those exactly. Teamsters? There was a lot of Teamsters down there. Oh, there were, yes. I blame uh, the immigrants. Yeah, as a, a lot like how they did. Die-hard Trump follower, they, as I am. Yeah. <laughs> they actually talked about the children who died. Um, oh, in, well, in somebody last... please think of the children. But you know what the defense... You know what the defense said? They said, they were trespassing. We shouldn't defend trespassers. That's a good point. Which is fucking terrible. That's great. I yeah. Mean, no. to, to be fair, they're orphans in Boston, probably chain smoking. Yeah. <laughs> they were just trying to get some molasses and firewood. Some of that street molasses. Yeah. yeah. Got a feed. <clears throat> but the best part of the entire trial was when Damon Hall finally got to grill Arthur Gell. Oh, Gell. Yeah. Let's just see if his testimony gels. Nice. Nice. <laughs> got him. That is good. He asked him if he knew anything about constructing molasses tanks. Jell said no. He asked him if he had uh, asked anyone how to build a molasses storage tank. Jell said no. Hall asked if the tank was tested first with water. Jell said it had, but they only put six inches in the tank because they were like, eh, it's going to take too long if we fill this whole thing full of, full of water to see if it six leaks. Six inches. So they only put enough. Something that would fill. Something that would fill. Two point three 
million gallons of molasses. They only put six inches of water in it and called it good. That is mind-boggling. They're like, eh, it would have taken too long. But Damon Hall was like, did you know that there was a water main right underneath you and it would have taken a, a fraction of the time that you're actually telling me? It wouldn't take a week, so it would have taken, you know, maybe a day, hours maybe. And he's like, no, I didn't, I didn't look into that. So, Ugh. so I'd imagine that they got I you kinda, know taken to the cleaners and had to pay out all those families tons of money, and you, they had to pay to you know rebuild that part of the city. Gel get in here because I feel well, like he well, was just we'll, a dude we'll who was hired. Right? We'll get to that. Well, he sort of was, but he was the overseer of this entire tank, so it was ultimately up to him. Like, let's be real. This all the problems with this tank were Gel's problems. Damon Hall asked him how he could decide that it was going to be a safe structure if he didn't ask anyone. And Jill said, well, it looked fine, and that they had they wanted a, a safety factor of three. Which, three. Yeah, which means that with safety in mind, it was supposed to hold three times the amount of molasses than it would, uh, uh, than it would actually have the capacity for. How does that work? So uh, in, in safety factors... I think you're talking about a pressure thing. Yes, right. in safety factors, what I'm saying is that when they're looking at safety, they want to make sure that the capacity uh, for the tank, it can, the walls of it can hold three times the amount of pressure, but yeah. uh, but it won't. You know, it's for safety reasons. So essentially, just to reiterate, uh, the redundancy. When you fill, yes, it's a redundancy. When you fill the tank, there's a certain amount of pressure right. is applied on the tank. Right. That needs to be able to hold three times that amount of pressure. Just for the safety. It's it's yeah, like, it's like putting sense. a helmet on. That know? makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Put a helmet that, on your molasses. That tank. means you're no matter what temperature it's at, you're always yeah, safe because yeah, you know three yeah. times. It's three times the amount of pressure than what is in there. At because capacity. you can't put three times the amount of capacity. Yeah, it's a physical Im impossibility. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, well, well, let me let me kind of tell you what what uh, how flawed that logic sort of is because first of all it was never tested for a safety factor of three and if they would have tested it for any safety factor they would have known that, that molasses weighs more than water and so they were looking at the safety factor in the realm of water but when you actually like do all the math and i can't break down the math to you because i suck at math and i don't want you to because that would be boring but yeah. what it actually means all said and done what it actually means is uh this tank actually had a safety factor of just over one meaning it could only stand it for just so long and four years honestly that they That's got a good lucky. Point. They, they should, got lucky. They should have filled it with blood because blood is thicker than water. Nice. I was gonna make a joke. <laughs> uh, molasses is thicker than water, but uh, yeah, yeah. I beat you to it. You did. So as Kinda. far as uh, as far as what happened to Arthur Gell, he would go on to be the ex uh, assistant treasurer of the USIA. He was never punished at all for any of this. He actually got a promotion for doing this. Gell. Yeah, and Don't he's and actually he's yeah. still alive today, and we got him on the show. <laughs> Joe, come on out, defend your case. He's like, uh, he's, he's like, remember I, the molasses. <laughs> like, what do you think of molasses? He's like, oh, I hate molasses. It's thick and it's gooey and it gets everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Star Wars reference. Yeah. So surprise, surprise, the USIA lost the case. Oh. And uh, at the time, ended up paying $628,000 in damages. In today's money, that is 
$1.08 million, uh, adjusted for inflation. Now, relatives of those uh, killed, reportedly, or injured, received around $7,000 per victim, which is the equivalent of $101,000 today, adjusted for inflation. Six figures. Yeah, so they were compensated, but I mean, it's not going to bring back their loved ones, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can pay for, you know, your rent in Seattle. Right. right. Yeah. yeah, for a, a month. A month, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one month's rent in Seattle. Yeah. yeah. And, and also, I mean, if you, I mean, even with the, with all the inflation adjustments, so each person's getting, you know, they're getting six figs. That's dope. But uh, like we said earlier, adjusted for inflation, the number the just the property damage before anybody got killed. Right, right, right. We're at a uh, hundred million dollars. Right. Yes. So they paid pennies. Yes. So uh, yes. the longstanding American tradition of fining mega corporations in such a paltry way that it barely hinders the way they do business. Uh, you know, it's a tradition that's longstanding and uh, we're really proud of in this country. So, oh, yeah. You got to let the capitalist ship keep running, man. Yeah. Guess Whether so. it's a, a bank or uh, a pharmaceutical company or a distillery, we make sure to keep those guys afloat because, you know. I guess they're more important than our lives. Yes. Yeah. They're. Yeah. They're. Yeah. <laughs> Soon after... Molasses was sort of replaced as a sweetener, and due to technological innovations, it was no longer needed to make munitions, so they didn't really build another tank in Boston. So, honestly, right after the tank burst, it was sort of needless. They were like, ah, forget it. The public opinion had soured on the sweetener. Mm. That's pretty good. Yeah. You keep making some some good ones here, Tyler. I'm proud of you. (laughs) You've done it. I'm Tyler Armanshot, and that's the news. <laughs> Back to you in the studio. <laughs> Looks like public opinion soured on the sweetener. Uh, Back to you, John. Yeah. <laughs> John's my cat. Yeah. yeah. So, were yeah. all these molasses factories based out of Boston then? Or? No, 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 no. They they were all around the east east coast in general. Okay. Because uh, the sugar cane was shipped up from Puerto Rico. That sounds about uh, right. We're, we're, from more places than just that, but our main area of getting sugarcane was from Puerto Rico, so it's it generally on the East Coast. Uh, this was one of the bigger tanks that were constructed. Like, there was one in, in New York, there was a couple more, uh, but none of them, or at least not many of them, could hold 2.3 million gallons of molasses. They could hold uh, gallons of molasses in somewhere in like the hundred, hundreds of thousands of pounds, but I feel it was like giant. It this- was big. This story is ripe for James Cameron to make a big, a, a, like a big like event movie out of. For a second, I thought you were going to say for James Cameron to make his own molasses <laughs> tank. <laughs> I mean, well, he probably would. He's. I wouldn't put it past him. I don't think saying he would that gonna make, I know that the guy re, like he made the whole Titanic, right? Like, well, and he's like diving into the ocean. Yeah, and he's stuff. doing all that shit. Yeah. I feel like if he was like, if I'm going to make the molasses movie. I'm gonna make the tank. Why does he sound from, like? Why a, does he have the accent? Why does he sound like a wise guy? Because yeah. he's from Jersey. Is, Is he? he? I don't know. <laughs> um, I know he doesn't talk like that. He's I've heard not him in from I just I want to see the story of star-crossed lovers, uh, like a poor boy from the streets and the rich girl, <laughs> and they're there for the christening of the molasses tank. At the very We're end, gonna fudge he, history a little. They knock like a champagne yeah. bottle. Yeah. At the it. very end, and then it explodes. He <laughs> sinks into the molasses, and she's like. 
I'll never yeah. let go until well, the molasses And there's like a hand you. sticking out. Yeah. And yeah. he gives a thumbs up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah like, like yeah, Terminator. <laughs> yeah. He's also a Terminator. Yeah. yeah. Turns out. It's a cross between Titanic and Terminator, and it's about the Great Molasses Flood. Get on that movie. Yeah. Just like... Uh, you can have that. Yeah. Just, just James like Cameron. how James Cameron would want, honestly. Yeah. He's like, that's a great idea for movie. Yeah. I'm James Cameron. That's a it's pretty, uncanny... pretty spot-on impression. Yeah. And also the molasses... I'm a movie about would, uh... space natives. <laughs> and they're blue. And it's gonna be in 3D. Yeah. I'm gonna make one every 10 years. <laughs> and the molasses has a, uh, like, the, it's sentient and they use, like, a CGI. It's a CGI character. It's so weird that like James Cameron is in the room with us, guys. <laughs> yeah. We have him here. We just have him all. Yeah. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, James up. Cameron, come on. <laughs> yeah. He's all tied up. He's screaming. I like blue cat aliens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I just, just, okay, James. <laughs> I don't know whether it's just his fists or also his mouths that are just just gripping pastrami. <laughs> <laughs> all in all. This is a story, really, of corporate greed and blatant disregard for human life in exchange for profits. That's sure. what this story is about. So, Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds a little familiar. It's, re- it? it's really great that things have changed, guys. Oh, yeah, yeah. The world is such... <laughs> it's been a hundred years, and we are in a socialist paradise. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes we learn... Or capitalism is ruining everything, and the Amazon is burning. Yeah. Whoopsie but but the wrong Amazon is burning. Uh, but uh, this is also a story of everyday people becoming heroes in extraordinary situations. That I mean, how do you how do you prepare for a goddamn molasses flood? You don't. And and there's more heroes than there are villains in this story. Which honestly, if there is some silver lining in this story, I feel like that's that's where it's at. Is that there are people remembered that, you know, people really came together and, and strangers can do good things for each other. And they didn't only come together because they were bound <laughs> in a syrup of molasses. Um, it was also like more of like, uh, you know, an effort. Yeah. They weren't stuck together just because of the molasses. They stuck together because of the, the sense of community, yeah. neighborhood, and love for one's brother. Yeah. And molasses. And molasses. And they were literally stuck together with molasses, too. And that was the worst part. uh, The molasses flood would set a precedent for building standards moving forward. No more giant tanks of molasses that are clearly going to explode. Well, you know, inspectors, engineers showing their work, how they build buildings, seeing if something is sound, laws saying, hey, you got to test this, things like that. You know, pretty obvious things, I feel. Their deaths weren't in vain. I certainly hope not. This needs to be a movie, and I want to see that one scientist who's like, that molasses tank is going to blow, and everyone's like, shut up, you scientist. Well, you got Isaac Gonzalez that was working there that was like, this thing is going to fall apart. Well, that's Isaac Gonzalez. He'd be played by, um, I don't know, know. uh, Isaac, uh, what's his name? Poe? Oh, yeah, the guy from Oscar, uh, Isaac? Oscar, Oscar Isaac. Isaac. There you go. His first name is Oscar. He'd be like, I can't, I like, I, I can't take this guy like seriously because he's you give me these warnings, but I'm lost in his eyes. You know, <laughs> it's a fucking handsome guy. How, how come he's, I feel like with this television movie that we're it would be in, 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 in the middle of writing, like casting right now, 
Dennis Leary would play as the prosecutor, the one that brings everybody together. Oh yeah, oh, he would. Oh, 100%. you mean you mean the uh, uh, counsel for the plaintiffs, Damon exactly. Hall? Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah, because he's like Leary. bombastic. Yeah. Oh, that'd totally be great. Dennis Leary just yeah. Is this the musical that we're casting? Oh right yeah, now? This is the musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh wait, uh, did did Bill Hicks have material where he played a prosecutor? Because that'd be great for Dennis Leary to work off of. <laughs> well, he did have that whole bit about. <laughs> that uh, was a good one, Tyler. That was one one from out of left field, right no, there. No, remember that great, <laughs> that great Bill Hicks bit about the uh, molasses flood? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, specifically uh, the prosecutor. Well, it was well, very specific. Who would be Arthur Gell? Oh, uh, oh Mark um, Strong. No, I'm going to say... Um, oh, um, Is it still Stanley musical? Tucci. Stanley Tucci. Oh, Stanley Tucci is a good pick. The Tucci is good. Uh, Especially I, 90s Stanley Tucci. I think... Um, what was his name? Martin McClower? What was that? Yeah, uh, 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 yeah what, what's the Martin spelling on that? Clarity. Yeah, used to be a boxer. That would be um, Hugh Jackman. That's not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Rescued. And Tim Curry as the molasses. Yeah, right, right. right. We're all in agreement. Now, some say, we mentioned this earlier in passing, but some say in the north end of Boston that you can still, on a hot day, smell the molasses. Now, I don't know if this is true. I call it bullshit. I call it bullshit, too. I don't know if this is true. If there's anyone that lives in Boston that is listening to this right now, Please let us know. I truly, truly am curious to see if you can actually smell molasses in that neighborhood. Yeah. I, I like, will I, leave my bunker to lick the sidewalk to yeah. make sure it tastes like <laughs> well, molasses. And they though. said for years after, like, uh, signposts and railings. Oh, yeah. We're like, sticky. everything were st- everything was sticky because... Well, people would go and they would want to see it. They would yeah. want to see the, the, the spill. And so, every, like, onlookers would go and then they'd, like, ride trains afterwards and, like, all the railings, everything would be all sticky. So, like, Boston was just a sticky place I, for a I while. told you, molasses, it gets everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I know. Anakin Skywalker said that. Remember that? Yeah. from uh, Sand. It's one of the reasons why you don't use molasses. Because in, uh, in the prequels, Anakin lubricant. was born on that molasses planet. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Right? I, that movie I probably would have enjoyed. <laughs> you would think after that they would have changed the name of Boston to Molassachusetts. Uh, nice. Or the state. What it would have been, Ma- Massachusetts, Massachusetts? Yeah. Because it's the name of the state. Yeah, I know. Now I got one more fact for you guys. Uh, one more thing. Uh, just before it. we close out this episode, do you guys know there was another one? Another molasses flood. It wasn't quite a flood, but there was another one. On the 9th of September, any guess to what year? 2018. Quick guess. 2001. Quick guess. Zach, guess. 1642. <laughs> I was like, I, I was going to say that maybe the other one happened uh, September oh, 9th, September 2001, and it was all over the news, and then 9-11 happened, and they're like, we got way bigger fish to fry. <laughs> it happened on the hot, say, like it happened on the hot streets like the of New York City in 1974. No. Across 110th Street. I like your, I like, I, I like, okay, so uh, actually it was September 9th, 2013 Boom. in Honolulu. Uh, a pipe burst. Hawaii. And, yeah, and 1,400 gallons of molasses leaked into the harbor, killing untold's uh, a number of fish and uh, marine wildlife. That's some sweet, sweet poke right there. Yeah. And mm. it is uh, impossible to clean up. It actually is an ecological disaster. Well, 
That so, sucks. There you go. Hooray! So we haven't so gotten we over nothing. Yeah, we haven't gotten over our our molasses uh, uh, problems. I mean, they almost made it a hundred years before molasses disasters. So how much yeah. molasses has poured into the ocean versus how much oil? Oh, oil's gotta oh, be oils, easily. Oils. Absolutely. Yeah. BP, totally. Remember that BP yeah. shit? Yeah. Oh, that BP shit. I'm Talk sorry. Alright, well, that's an episode for another day. Uh, sure. But, uh, yeah, that is the great Bolasus. Uh, the great Boston Molasses Flood. Bolasticer. Yeah. The Bolasticer. The Bolasticer. <laughs> As I guess it is known. I mean, like, honestly, how cool would have it been if instead of molasses, that was rum? Mm. I mean, it's it, it sugar came from Puerto Rico. It would have been less deadly. Uh, I mean, uh, it been people would have been partying longer. Yeah, people yeah. would have been fucked up, dude. Like, just <laughs> like, like around. that homeboy that was trapped underneath the fucking pool table and everything? Yeah. He's like, I'll drink my uh, way out of here. Exactly. <laughs> just give him a little silly straw, a little umbrella oh, poor, poor George Leahy. Pour some uh, fruit juice. George uh, Leahy. Anyway, uh... He was great on, um... Trailer Park Boys. Trailer Park Boys. Yeah. Canada. Yeah, anyway, thank you for listening. Again, uh... By the time you're listening to this, our first episode has come out. We've released an episode. We have. We've gotten Finally. one review. That's great. It was positive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, those reviews do help us, too. Like, you don't really know how much they help until you actually run a podcast. Uh, those five-star reviews do help us. Uh, please consider doing that. And, uh... But, you know, yeah, I get it, you know, like, you don't have to. You listening is, is the most important part. Yeah, thank you to anybody who's listened or yeah, and any any amount of effort is appreciated. It, it truly is. It truly, we, we do put a lot of work into this. Well, it's thanks to Jerry Nash. He's Jerry the one that's doing all the fun like, work. Like, maybe you're somebody that owed me money and we got I, a, I got a grudge against you. And then I find out you listened to the podcast, subscribed to it, we'll and, it and left a five-star review. <laughs> I'd probably call it about even Stevens. It would, so. it would. I would reconsider my opinion. So think about that. Again, I am uh, I'm Jerry Nash. I'm Tyler Armantrout. I'm Christopher Whedon. I'm Zach Mack. And we are the History Boys. History Boys! Have a good night, everyone. Have a good one.